Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and you're listening to the podcast show On Your Way to Work, show that talks to you, the worker, on the workplace floor about the things you need to do to have career progress. So today I want to follow up with a theme that we've been talking a lot about over the last three episodes. So episode 21, we talked to parents and what good sound career advice for kids are. Uh, Episode 22, we talked about how to get a head start for your career. Uh, And then in episode 23 last week, we talked about what we called the millennial workplace conundrum. So there's been this theme of the future workforce, which after 2015, this year, the first time that millennials actually outnumber boomers in the workplace Uh, I just want to wrap this show up and actually talk to a millennial today so millennials ages 18 to 34 and we have in our midst a millennial who uh, is silent but very active behind the scenes of this show so you will have heard his voice quite a few times at the start of the show and he is my producer and uh, he's also my son Christian Witted. So son thanks for joining us today I know you're usually on the other side of the mic but you know I thought it'd be good to just wrap up this theme around the future workforce and talk to you. So uh, for those that don't know my son actually officially graduates high school this year. I'm very proud of him. He's done a great job. He will in about a semester be actually a junior in college. So he's worked really hard through his uh through his high school uh, time. So Christian, I'd really like just to hear from you about what's going on in your mind. And so audience, we have not scripted this. I really just wanted to have a very real, authentic uh, show. As a matter of fact, as we were going in to record, I told him, hey, you're gonna be my guest and here's what I wanna talk about. So he has had no time to prep for this. And a big part of that is I really want this to just be a very real and authentic conversation with a high school graduate. So we're talking to a high schooler who just graduated in college. He's already started this summer. So Christian, what's running through your head as someone who just graduated? I am free of high school. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't seen anything yet. These summer Mm. classes should should be uh, inducing you pretty well. Oh, yeah. You chop down one tree, but there's a forest left to clear. Exactly. So what are you thinking? You're a high schooler. You just graduated. And specifically, this career word, job, and your future. And where is your head in all of that? Well, for me personally... I think about where I want to be 
okay. and the steps that need to get there. So to be very candid, where I really want to be, say, 30, 35 years, like the end of my career or the middle, like my pinnacle, where I really want to be, where I really want to work at, is yep. I want to work in a select number of fields. Um, I want to work in nanotechnology, uh, okay. specifically nanorobotics for... Um, Medical uses, and then I also want to dabble in quantum computing because the two sort of work together. But that's where I really want to be. I want to work in that field, and specifically, I want to have a firm in that field. Um, now, a lot of people don't have the privilege of being your son, so um, they don't really think about you know where they want to be. Or they don't kind of think in this way. I'm glad I've been able to have this privilege. But um, for me, knowing where I want to be, knowing that I want to have a firm in that field that caters specific products that I sort of have in mind now. I also know that the technology is not there yet and that I'm not there yet. And so for me, I think in terms of what do I need to learn and understand to get to that place of owning my own nanotechnology firm. Gotcha. And so the very first thing is schooling. I want to get my degree in computer science. Um, my bachelor's will be in computer science. I do want to go back and get my master's. I'll need it to be able to do the research required to get into the field um, to kind of break open these emerging technologies. So my master's will either be computer science or it will be nanotechnology. I might major in computer science and then do minors and take associated classes in nanotechnology. Okay. And once I've gotten that education and even during that education, I want to enter into a uh, software firm as an entry-level employee, as a programmer, as a tech um, to learn the basics of that part of the trade, to learn actually, okay, you know, I have all this head knowledge, but I want the actual experience on the workplace floor of working with other people in that field. How is that culture? How is that um, maintained? And what does a good workplace culture in that field look like? That's what I want to learn next. And then once I have that, um, hopefully I can get to a managerial position um, so that I can learn how to manage people, become an assistant manager, become a manager of some sort to learn how to manage people so that eventually when I'm ready, when I have that technology, when I have that experience all together, then I can take that same knowledge and, you know, money that I've saved on the side to invest or create my own firm. Once I know that, you know, I not only have the time, the capital and the knowledge, but, you know, everything works out. That's that's okay. really my plan. So clearly he gets this from his mother, <laughs> not from me. So I understood about a quarter of all of the technology stuff that you said, but I've heard it enough to be uh, immune. So I get it. I know what, where you're going. So so you're not typical, of course. And yes. I, I'm assuming you actually do pay attention to the show since you have to do all the editing and producing. Yes, so <laughs> many it hours. It, yeah, it sounds like you've taken... Oh, the uh, indoctrination uh, is complete. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it, which is cool, right? It's really good for me to sit across and hear you talk about some of these things, right? It's, it's like if I can't uh, minister and serve to my own family first, doesn't matter who else I touch, right? So this is good to hear, and I'm really glad to hear you so audience you're hearing an authentic moment because this is a proud moment i'm sitting here i didn't realize how much he has taken in so this is cool christian so let me back up right mm -hmm. so you have drank the kool-aid for the last year and a half of the show <laughs> being out there what about your friends who don't listen to our show and they're high schoolers and some of them are graduating or on the eve of graduating 
what's some of the conversations they're having? Do, do you ever get into a discussion with them about career and jobs? And, and what are they saying? You know, actually, I have. It's it's interesting. Um, I'm not going to name names because you never know. Sure. I'll take the first one. You would probably consider him my best friend. I would um, call him James. Um, he, for example, wants to go into electrical engineering. Okay. But beyond that, he's not really sure. Like, he doesn't know what college he wants to go to. Um, he doesn't know... Um, like he has sort of like me, he has an eventual place he wants to be. He wants to work in biomechatronics. It's not really a field right now, but that's basically um, robotic prosthesis. So if someone loses an arm, you would graft a mechanical arm into their nervous system that they could then use like it was their own arm. Um, you guys are freaking me out. <laughs> this is like Buck Rogers. Well, you don't even know who Buck Rogers. Never I, mind. I Keep going. No, but um, but that's where he eventually wants to be. So he wants to get his degree in electrical engineering, but a lot of everything else is up in the air. And so what's some of the everything else that's up in the air? I guess exactly what I just named. Um, he's not sure what college he wants to go to. Um, he's not really sure about what path he should take. Like you have he has an idea of where he wants to be, has kind of a path, mm -hmm. but he hasn't as of yet really, really started charting that path or looking to see where he should be. Um, and I've tried to help him with that, giving him some ideas as to what he could do, what might be the best place for him. Yeah. So would it be fair to say that your friends, they may have a like a vision of what they want to be, but not a plan? Exactly. Like not, not, you know, not sure of the major, not sure of the school, not sure of, you know, the, the path beyond school. That seems very common. And so, you know, now I'm talking to parents again because I am a parent. Right. You know, when you get to this point in your kid's life, if if by the time they're in high school and graduating, you haven't been having this conversation about what they will be all of their life. And it's not the conversation that says, boy, you going to be this. <laughs> over my dead body are you going to be it's not that kind of conversation right it is the what do you want to be and this is what you can be and hey you have a lot of interest in this particular thing have you thought about this or hey read this you could be this what do you want to do i could actually give you a sort of an example i did this for another friend of mine um he wasn't sure exactly he wants to be a writer mm -hmm. but he wasn't sure you know, like he writes now, he wants to be a writer, he wants to get published and he's working on that. And I've given him resources, you know, through uh, the surrounding organizations that we're a part of for sure. writing. Sure. However, he beyond that, he really wasn't sure what to do. And so um, I think one thing that parents can do is um, look at your child's interests, like sort of like you spoke on this. Look at your child's interests and then see what could possibly be done with that. Like he likes to write military history and specifically between the world war one and cold war era and i told him you can like you have this great interest in history you like to write about it what if you leverage that say say you went to college like he said i asked him if he wanted to go you know nothing wrong with not going if you wanted to go somewhere else right but i told him you have this love for history why don't you become a history major get your master's you'll have all of the background information that you need for that era You'll be in the research mindset when you're going down those paths. You'll be able to write from a nonfiction perspective right. with the credentials and you can teach and you can lecture. That opens up a lot of doors for you so that not only are you an author, but you could also be a historian. You could be a teacher. You could 
yeah. lecture. You could do I many things with that. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Uh, parents, so, I mean, this is the future teaching us, right? That That is so, so important to know what your children have interest in mm-hmm. and then do your homework and guide them. I mean, they are a they are a quiver full of arrows and it is our job to to set the bow, pull it back and point them in a good direction and I think that's absolutely awesome. So Christian, let me ask you uh, another question since we're on the topic of parents and them giving direction and encouragement in a child's future. First, because I think that so many parents have the conversation and the emphasis around school mm-hmm. that that they don't go beyond and have the conversation about jobs mm-hmm. and careers. And so one of the reasons that I think you um, have a very good sense of what you want to do and what you want to become from a work perspective, it's because you're listening to the show. But it, it sounds like, and I don't put words in your mouth, but it seems like your friends, they've got the school piece down, but like what happens after school, they, they have no idea. Can you speak to that a little bit? I think that also has a little bit to do with how the parents and their jobs work. Okay, um, what do you mean by that? Like, for example, it's kind of how I think you said something along the lines of children are like mirrors. So if they see that their parents are very disgruntled mm-hmm. at their jobs or they, they you come to associate jobs with stress, with social angst and with. Um, well, really, those two sum it up. You yeah, come, well, financial misery. Well, and fina- <laughs> yes. <laughs> so angst, <laughs> angst. <laughs> financial misery and stress yeah and so it's a great you point. are giving your children advice about jobs by the way you speak and act and just by the way you come home from your job you're speaking volumes as to how they're going to interpret their own jobs when they it it's it's sort of like um i mean it's like anything else like i pick up some of your habits yeah as i grow up because that's what i see Yep. You know, children become what they see. So if that's what they see, that's what you come to interpret it. I mean, the mind is a powerful thing. And so it's kind of like sometimes when you think, you know, how did the kid might be two years old and does something directly after you that they're not supposed to do? You think, how do they do? It's because they watched you. Right. They figure it out. And so that subconsciously is reflected as they get older. I mean, even if I'm 18, I know how you come home from work. That shaped how I view my eventual working job or wow. how it might be. I, I have never thought about that. Parents, I hope you're listening. I don't care if your child is one month old or 21. That is so powerful. You know, you are. we are always teaching. We are always teaching because we are living books. We are living epistles, right? We, you know, people read our life, not our words. And so parents, you really check your attitude about your job, right? And so let me link this to a st- statistic that's out there, right? 71% of millennials say one of the most important things about their career is meaning. So if they're seeing the parent come home going, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they are saying it or maybe they're just showing it, but they're going, this sucks. This work thing sucks. And if I didn't have these bills, there's no way I'd be in this work thing. This is crazy. I, I don't like it. I hate it. And why then then I could really see the millennial or, you know, the kid going, so 
Where's the meaning in that? Really interesting. And then when you compound that, parents, with this whole message of you're going to go to school, you're going to go to school or we're going to your funeral kind of <laughs> attitude, <laughs> right? It, you know, then the kid's thinking, wow, or, or the young adult is going, where is the meaning in that? And so exactly. I do this. So maybe that a, a part of the reflection of the workplace, at least that 54% plus 18, so two-thirds of the workforce that they're not engaged or actively disengaged, maybe they saw a lot of disengagement in the attitudes of their parents. That's a great, great point, Christian. I, I never really thought about that. Maybe you should be hosting this show. I, I don't know. Maybe you if should If you want be. me to. Yeah. Okay, Christian. So one last question before we wrap up here. Think of like the worst career advice you've heard from an adult. Like, <laughs> is there one or two just ringers out there that you're going, okay, I've been listening on your way to work. That's like the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I think the worst, I think the worst advice you could give, uh, I think the worst career advice you could give someone that I've, I've been given more indirectly. Yeah. It's that the job is just about making money so that you can go home and eat and then do the same thing the next day. Ugh. Like that the job is just about you go on the job, you do what they say, you make your money and you leave. I hate that advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. It's more of an indirect thing. Yeah. But I think it goes to how you were saying millennials want meaning in their job. Yep. Yep. For me, where I want to be, I want to be in that position because technology like that, I mean, to be honest, that could eradicate cancers and chronic diseases forever. Yeah. Something like that. Like my meaning is in helping people and working with people to make others' lives better. Yeah. That's where I want to be. And that's the type of job that I want to be in. Even if I couldn't be in computer science, let's say everything goes wrong. I can't do it. I have to choose something else. Something that I can either inspire or help people is where I want to be. Yep. That's where I find my meaning. And so I think that the advice that... Is that the one that says, hey, okay, you got to get that education and you got to get a good job, you know, so you can pay your bills and you can have a good life. Don't work as hard as I did. They mean well. But I think it's it's like you're trying to force all this practicality into it. And the parents aren't doing it to wipe all meaning from the place of the planet. They're not trying to turn this into a gray corporate world with no lush vegetation like, you know, the sayings are out I there. I gotcha. It's just they want the child to be able to take care of themselves. It's kind of like how sometimes parents will discourage people from being art majors because mm -hmm. it doesn't make enough money. I think that that is the worst advice. And the best advice you could give your kid is just what we were talking about. Find out what their interests are and how they can leverage that. You as the parent have to think about, okay, this is what interests them. This is what they want to be. This is what they want to do. How can I leverage that, like you said, to not only allow them to provide for themselves, but still be able to find meaning in that job? And how do I convey to them that, yes, you work so that you can eat, but you can also do what you love so yeah. that you don't work a day in your life. You know, so this is interesting, and I know we're running out of time here, but I, I want to take a play on what Christian just said. I think what you just heard is clearly the mind of a millennial, and if there are any managers or employers or business owners listening to this show, you might want to just say, that kid's crazy, these guys <laughs> don't want to work. The furthest thing from the truth, there are two-thirds of millennials say their career is very important to them. Career progression is very important to them. 
and the search for meaning, what's funny is that's where we all get in our last five or 10 years of working. We finally realize if I'm going to do this, I want to do it because I enjoy doing it. These millennials, they, they're just there at the start. They want to do something that has meaning and impact. And I want to take your analogy, Christian, of the artist and take it a step further, because I think you're right. And I can hear parents out there screaming, going, wait, wait, no, there's no way I'm encouraging my kid to be a starving artist. There's a reason they're <laughs> called starving artists. And listen, I get that. And hey, I got to be honest with you. I have that same bent. But I just heard Friday night, I was talking to a wonderful couple. They own a bookstore and um, they've owned it for 30 years. And the lady was a teacher prior to them owning the bookstore. And she told the story of a young girl who had relocated to their area and for only about six weeks was in her class. And the girl had, and she taught science, biology, and the girl had come to class and brought drawings. And it was the drawings that were in the science book. And the lady said, wow, these are gorgeous. Did you trace this? And she said, oh, no, no, these are freehand. I, I did these freehand. And she said, these are beautiful. And, and then the girl said, is there any type of jobs or careers where I could, you know, for artists. And she said, well, honey, I'm looking at these pictures. You should be an anatomical artist. And she said it was years later, years later, the girl found her out, stopped at their store and said, I don't know if you remember me, but you know, you told me that I should be an anatomical uh, artist. The lady said, I remember you. Wow, you look great. And how's it going? She said, well, I wanted to let you know that I'm an anatomical artist and I work for Johns Hopkins. And most of the designs you see in, a, in those medical text. books or textbooks, me and my husband do. I also married an anatomical artist. So here's what's awesome. Now, there was this one person, right? who was a teacher and happened to speak into the life of this child. Parents, that is not the teacher's job. It's your job. Stop leasing it out, right? So when your kids show an interest, like this girl who could draw really well, you take the time, you do the research, and you find out what are some careers in demand out there for or an artist, whether it's anatomical artists or whatever other type of artistry that makes money. So how do you do that? Well, you Google artists, you Google jobs and supply, you Google future jobs needed plus artists, just Google away. Google is your friend and you do the homework and you do the research to find a direction that fits in the giftings and the interest of your child. That's all we have time for today. Christian, thanks for uh, for being a part of the show in the foreground as well as the background. My pleasure. Uh, we appreciate having you, buddy. And hey, listen, if this show has been helpful for you, please take a moment. Please take a moment. Facebook.com forward slash rawitted, rickwitted.com or Twitter at rawitted. Let us know what you think and then take a moment and go to iTunes and rate us. Uh, we'd love those five stars. More importantly, I'd love a comment with good feedback. Until next week, blessings, everybody. Bye-bye.